0: It's Monday, October 25th. Happy belated birthday to me. We have Chef DQ and Nicole Woodbury of, well, you have to listen to the interview because what is a virtual restaurant? Welcome to Eat It Virginia.
1: Hello and welcome to Eat It Virginia. Voted Richmond's second best podcast for three years in a row. My name is Scott Wise, and I am joined by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin Roby. Did I miss your birthday?
0: Yes. But, but you wanna know what? That's okay. Because oh, no. next year we're gonna be voted number one, and you're gonna stop saying that we're the second best. Happy birthday, Roby. Oh, thanks. Oh, How thanks. exciting.
1: I guess, I guess I'm sorry I missed the actual day.
0: Yeah, it was yesterday.
1: Okay. Well, happy birthday. Did you get what you asked for?
0: Uh yes, actually. So you know what? That's probably the best thing about birthday. This birthday is I got exactly what I wanted.
1: That is a beautiful Peace.
0: thing. I'm happy. For Peace it. and quiet.
1: <laughs> you look you look a year younger to me. How's that possible?
0: I'm Benjamin Button.
1: I love it. I love it. This interview we have coming up with Chef DQ and Nicole kind of blew my mind a little bit. I, I, have we? It's been a week since we've spoken to them. Have have you fully grasped what they were explaining to us?
0: No, but I did hear that there is fried chicken, and I feel like that's everything I need to know.
1: Awesome. So this could be a, a new trend. Well, it is a new trend, and it could be a very new trend in Richmond restaurants when Chef DQ and Nicole explain to us what they're doing now in town, why they're here, all the good things. All the good things.
0: Speaking of in town, Scott, I got something to ask you. Lay it on me. It's homecoming week and oh, you have gosh. a you have a homecomer, right? <laughs> is that what they're called? <laughs> uh, I've, I've
1: never heard that before. But <laughs> Someone mean, that goes to
0: homecoming, an attendee.
1: Maybe we're starting a new trend as well. Yes, my <laughs> daughter who is now a freshman in high school will be attending her first homecoming dance. Well, at this point, when you're listening to this, she will have had attended it, have had, yes. She will have been there, done that. Oh.
0: The angst, uh, the agita, uh, so many, so many A words. So <laughs> One that I can't say because you'd have to bleep me because that's how my homecoming experience is went. Oh,
1: I want to hear about that. She, My daughter was telling me about uh, her date and how... They were going to go, so it's, everything is different now because of COVID. So instead of like a big dance in the gym at night, there's sort of like a evening affair at the football field where it's like a 6.30 to 8.30 sort of situation. My daughter, I love her so much. She was telling me this young gentleman caller who, who invited her to be his date for the evening had set up a dinner before the- What six- is this,
0: the 1920s?
1: The oh. young gentleman caller? I'm just- <laughs> The I'm guy, she's trying, going to say I'm trying to, I'm trying to be appropriate. I, I don't just picking up with a horse and a buggy? I don't <laughs> want to say the wrong thing. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh yeah. So he thinking, you know, it doesn't, it's his probably his first homecoming too, for all I know. And they've said Oh, so you've two. gotten to
0: know the guy. Good. You're just sending your daughter out into the wild on grass. Wear close-toed shoes, please. Um just to hang with a dude that you don't know?
1: Hey, I, even though I have a mug that says father of the year, it doesn't mean I actually am <laughs> the father of the year, okay? I, I'm,
0: gonna have, I, this, I'm gonna have to talk to Sadie, that's all there is to it.
1: <laughs> Moving right along, uh, he set up a dinner beforehand, which is lovely, but it was at um, Magiano's at 4.30 PM. And my daughter was like, no, we are not going to have a heavy Italian meal two hours before this event, like we can get some pizza afterwards. Is basically
0: 10,000 high fives to your daughter, 10,000.
1: You, you have, you have taught her well, Roby, not only about eating, but to speak her mind when it
0: is time to speak your mind. Hey, 4.30 dinner at Maggiano's is, I mean, she'll be at least 70 years younger than everybody that's there <laughs> at least. That is not romantic at all. And then she has to go stomp around in grass. Hey, I'm okay with not being romantic. That's totally fine with me. Well, this is not your date. So guess what? you don't get to choose. So I'm with her. I think, I think afterwards is a great idea. Can
1: you share for me your best and or most nightmarish homecoming dinner experience?
0: So I grew up in a very small town. There wasn't a lot of places to eat dinner. <laughs> so you can guess how fun that was but we did we came to Richmond this is this is what we did we drove an hour to go to dinner and then drove back to go to said dances so it was, I don't know homecoming was weird for me like you like you were on the homecoming court so then you had like to wear these massive smelly mums on your chest um I took it Ugh, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, I do know this. And if your daughter's date is listening, do not emphasize your questions or answers with food on your fork. Do not emphasize your oh, because it flies across the room <laughs> because nobody wants a waving fork in their face with food on it. <laughs> like that. Like and I, I mean, this and, and, and actually you should tell your daughter not to do that either. It is not. Um, it is not specific to any gender. Just don't wave around food on your fork.
1: Good tip, good tip, I like that. I will, I will share I will that pearl of wisdom.
0: Yep, manners, please, manners.
1: You wanna get into that interview with Chef DQ and figure out what, what's going on with their new business venture?
0: Businesses, Businesses. yes. Businesses,
1: so busy. Here's Chef DQ and his wife, Nicole, talking about all the things.
0: So a delivery app, a restaurant, and then searching for chefs for something national. We have Daquan and Nicole Woodbury with us today of RVA Cafe, Loco Richmond, and like what, 10,000 other things, guys? You have like a lot going on, right?
2: Yes, yes, we do.
3: Yep, we got a lot going on. Um, We are all beings of getting food delivered. I think that's our forte. That's our lane and we're sticking to it. Um, so essentially we have RVA cafe, which is a breakfast and brunch restaurant on broad street, been doing pretty well for the past three years that we ran it. Um, and I think we ran it more or less as a quote unquote virtual restaurant. I mean, some people know what that is. Some people don't, um, but that's what we ran it as even before COVID. So, um, essentially, uh, it let us kind of in a position to open loco, which is a local delivery service, because we saw that most of our revenue from RBA cafe came from a delivery app. So then we were kind of in a pickle because most of the the national delivery apps, um, what they do is they charge you a high commission and restaurants already work on low uh, margins. So it was kind of hard. Um, So we buckled down and were able to launch Loco, which um, charges a lot less commission, um, about half um, of that. And from there, we were approached by Kbox. Um, Kbox is a UK company who um, wanted to partner with us to launch um, virtual brands all over the country, actually. And uh, when the CEO approached me, it was kind of funny because I was like, are you sure you mean me? Like, uh, is, it, is it me who you're asking? I don't, know if you think, I don't know if you think it's another person that may have my same name or look like me, but I don't know. So she actually wanted me to um, start right here in Richmond, Virginia. So we're scheduled to launch about 50 different virtual restaurants by January. And then we're taking it all over the country.
1: What does all that mean? I mean, translate that for me. You're going to launch 50 different restaurants and taking them all across the country from which. So what is exactly is a
0: virtual restaurant? Let's start with that. Like, that's probably something that maybe needs to be defined.
3: Yeah, right. Um, I have the conversation 100 times, and I'll be honest with you, um, even I talk to restaurants for like an hour and they still like, what? What are you talking about? Um, So a virtual restaurant is essentially a restaurant within a restaurant, right? So it thrives and uh, operates solely off of delivery platforms. So say you come to RVA Cafe and we have our first um, hero brand is going to be Absurd Bird. So it's going to be uh, just big, audacious chicken sandwiches with coleslaw and onion rings all over them. But when you come into RVA Cafe, you are coming for breakfast and brunch. Um, and so essentially we're gonna be selling Absurd Bird from RVA Cafe through the delivery apps. So if you go on any of the delivery apps such as Loco, um, but it will also be on Uber Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash. And you're like, hey, I want you know, some fried chicken sandwiches. And you're scrolling down and you'll see Absurd Bird pop up. Well, you'll be at an order and that food will be made at RVA Cafe, and it'll be delivered to you. And you may or may not know it's coming from RVA Cafe. So the big thing here is a lot of bigger uh, chains and a lot of bigger corporations are getting into this. Um, Maybe people have heard of Hootie's Burger Bar. Um, That's a virtual restaurant from Hooters actually, but you walk into Hooters and they're gonna look at you like you're crazy if you come asking for a Hootie's Burger they're like we don't know what that is the servers are sometimes unaware so this is a this is how the world is changing and it's was happening way before covid but you know being honest covid accelerated that process um pretty much five times over um so this was something that probably would have came in about 5 years but now we're sitting here a year later and it's blown up all over the country
0: what is the difference between a virtual
3: restaurant and a ghost kitchen so that's a Really good question because that is what I um, excel to teach people. So a ghost kitchen mainly is a, it's almost similar, but it's very different in my eyes. So a ghost kitchen pretty much is, hey, we're going to have a warehouse and a bunch of chefs and a bunch of different kitchens and everybody's just cooking food and getting it. On a delivery app, of course. So that there's a similarity, but a virtual restaurant is. I don't want it to necessarily be a ghost, where you know, Roby, if you go and you go to uh, Mama Shell's, which has great soul food, or um, Miss Helen over at Miss Girlie's, um, and she's doing one of our uh, brands called Nonstop of Cookie Normous, and you're like, well, I love these cookies, but I don't know where they're coming from. I want people to actually know. Where they're coming from. I want people to be connected to the community because I'm trying to help the smaller uh, restaurant community kind of have another source of income and another source of revenue. So, a virtual restaurant to me is just as simply, yes, somewhat like a ghost kitchen, but it's not a ghost. You know that Miss Girlies is indeed making nonstop or or Cookie Normans and you know it's coming from there because that builds instant rapport and it gives you some sort of um, like loyalty to the the actual brand and know that it's helping one of your local favorite restaurants survive.
1: So when you talk about these brands that you're creating, is only one restaurant gonna be making this chicken sandwich or are five restaurants in Richmond gonna be making this chicken sandwich and then whomever is closest to the person who's ordering is where they get it from
3: um so yeah it's it's not going to be just one restaurant we are going to have it kind of spread across because you obviously can't have them just on top of each other you know kind of like we see mcdonald's on one corner and then another one on another corner um but it will be spread across um and we will have a numerous different brands that different restaurants can actually take And you know, get delivered from their restaurant from their um, location, Um, and they don't even have to just take one. If they want to take two or three, depending on the size size of their kitchen, depending on their staff, depending on you know really what they're looking for, they can take multiple. And say if another restaurant in five miles away wants to do the same thing, they can. But if it's like right down the road, we'll try. We'll obviously say, okay, well, this restaurant has absurd bird already and so you can you're not going to be able to do absurd bird but you can do another brand um, we have a plethora of brands available and we're constantly creating new ones that's why we're also looking for a chef to kind of help that process because i've i um do a lot of creations of the brands and we work with a chef team um really high quality chefs michelin star chefs in the uk to create these brands so they're not just throwing together food Um, they're not just, you know, those ghost kitchen companies where they're just like put hodgepodge things on top of bread and cheese and, you know, all of that. And just say, Hey, sell this. It's actually food that's going to taste good. That's actually, you know, health conscious. Um, it's all going into eco-friendly packaging and everything like that.
0: So if a different restaurant, okay, let's say Helen, who has a wonderful restaurant, right, Mrs. Gurley's, um, she's gonna, she will take, I, this is just a, I'm just tossing things at the wall. Um, she t- she decides that she'd like to utilize Absurd Bird. Obviously I'm connected to Helen and I like Helen's food. Um, and I think that the standards probably Absurd Bird would be really great from Helen's Kitchen. How do you keep that consistency and that connection
3: with Absurd Bird at another spot? Yeah, so we have an entire team uh, that is essentially helping to kind of have control over that. So we have, we've figured out the recipes, we've figured out where the food is coming from. So they're going to have pretty much uh, dedicated lines on any purveyor. So such as PFG, Cisco, US Foods, anything like that. So they're going to order the same food. We have a team that goes and trains them and trains their staff to make it to our recipe specs um, all the same. And then we have a team that always is there 24 hours a day to um, support and help them uh, continue on that process. So think of it like a franchise kind of thing, but not, you know, it's just this virtual thing that now we're giving a little bit of power to the smaller restaurants to the local restaurants um and it's and it's really that it's kind of like we're now essentially through the whole internet or virtual space we're able to kind of leverage the same kind of brand consistency that mcdonald's or burger king has but now we're able to give that to the smaller uh local restaurants and they're actually able to you know help them survive again and help them you know pay for staff we're all sp- shorthanded you know we're all just kind of going we came out of covid everybody's struggling um we don't know <laughs> how we're going to pay the next bill the next month and this is actually something that directly helps that so now you have another source of revenue you can maybe hire more staff you can pay staff more um and then all of those things that restaurants struggle with this actually solves that problem
1: nicole let's talk for a second
2: <laughs> I knew that was coming. Because,
1: because she, Same.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> because Chef hey, DQ so has been talking for ten minutes straight now, trying to pitch this idea to us.
0: What do you? I have background. Tell me about their background. Let's get Nicole's background, Scott.
2: So Nicole's background actually is medical. Um, I did get a business degree, and I was bored. With it and switched over to becoming an EMT and a cardiology medical assistant, um, and then Daquan just kept probing um, <laughs> to join the team full time at the restaurant and join on to his business ventures. But um, what really, you know, when we look at business partnership you know, aside the fact that we're married, the great meld here, I think, was we started working together in a breakfast restaurant. Um, IHOP is where we met and we worked together. And then we opened up, you know, catering and then went to a breakfast restaurant of our own. And so when you say background, really our background in all of this is really knowing how to navigate, um, our business relationship, and then I don't want to say sell that, but present that to the world to then move forward in anything that we put our hands on. Um, So we really have taken time in the three years to build our Cafe and how that functionality runs. And it's so funny because Ms. Helen on Monday, we had a tasting at her restaurant and she said, how do you guys keep it all together? We don't. We don't, um, but we make it look as good as it as it can be. Um, but our background is just really working together and knowing what we want, and we present honest, good business. That's what we work very hard to maintain. What are you, what
1: are your thoughts on this new venture that? that you guys are taking on? Like when when it was being explained to you, did it make sense Im- immediately? Did you have to have the 10 minute explanation
2: that we just got? Like, how did it work? Oh, he is so lengthy. You don't have well, to hide it. You, you spoke already. No, so, because
3: it, no, 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 I'm not saying, I'm not, exactly, no, exactly. That's it's what I'm confusing. saying.
2: So you have to go and
3: link. No, That's you're fine. No, I no, get no. on him.
2: No, I get on him all the time, but um. So, because Daquan is this person who is very knowledgeable, and I'm not just saying that, right? I'm um, not biased, but he's very knowledgeable in this um, industry. Um, he's been working in the business, like as being a business owner, since he was a young kid with his dad. So he comes with a different, you know, perspective. So he's always looking for something. So just real quick, not a long story, but. How we ended up with RVA Cafe was we were doing catering orders and we needed a commercial kitchen. He came back one day because at this time I was full-time um, at the cardiology office. And I said, okay, you know, how was your day? We, we do our decompression moments. And he's like, so what do you think if we bought a restaurant? And I don't remember what I was doing. I remember I was in the kitchen. I just looked at him and I said, I sent you to go look for a commissary kitchen. What? And then he started going down. So to answer your question, no, I was not surprised. I knew exactly what the concept was. And we've talked about it. Um, We had already um, not too long before that talked about buying the old kitchen time space and kind of setting up a virtual brand in there. So I wasn't surprised and it actually was a great idea. And I will tell you that going to England um, a month ago really brought the concept forward. Like I came back hitting the ground running and just being in so strong and seeing it actually um, work, Mm -hmm. you know, out there. And that the fact that we made it here and then we tasted it out there and it was the same, you know? And so that, that brought great excitement.
1: You mentioned earlier, Chef, that you were kind of surprised when they approached you for this opportunity. And you, and you, you asked them why me, or you asked yourself why me? So, can you answer that for us?
3: Yeah, I think I think really, um, as Uncle said, when you do good business, people see it. You know, I I'm not the most religious person, but I do believe. You know, a lot of your steps are ordered, and I believe people see your heart. Um, and honestly, I'll be honest. So. <sighs> I, before um, 2020, I know like now it's like a, it's like a historical moment that we're all going to uh, reference, like before COVID or after COVID, right? Um, but honestly, so that year before COVID, right? So 2019, I uh, really started leaning in to my virtual restaurant uh, Pro's, I guess, right? So I, I knew I was making really good moves with RVA Cafe. And then I started helping some other restaurants because I recognized that some other restaurants didn't know how to properly do delivery. You know, they didn't know how to market themselves. And people didn't realize that Uber Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash, these are marketing companies. They just so happen to give you an option to get it delivered, right? But they're mainly marketing companies. And what I did was I started helping Charles Kitchen, Urban Hang Suite, Mom Michelle's, Stump's Pig and Pints, and it started growing. I was like, okay, well, I'm helping all these restaurants, and I wasn't really charging them anything because I just wanted to see if I could really help my fellow restaurant community. And it was working. You know, I started seeing doubling of revenues and things like that. And so this is probably going to go on my gravestone because it was it, it was no more perfect timing than this, right? So... 2020 of fe- February of 2020, I officially launched my consulting business. And I said, okay, I'm gonna make this a real business. And I'm gonna start consulting restaurants um, and helping them roll their delivery sales. And so my tagline to that was, uh, sit down restaurants are not gonna be a thing anymore. Um, people aren't gonna come into your restaurant. It's all gonna be delivery. It's all gonna be to go get prepared. Like the, you know, end of times Bible dumper, right? It's your fault. Right, right. (laughs) 2020
1: is all your fault. You brought the thunder. (laughs) Like
3: when I say I was going around like shaking the tablets, like get on the tablet, get on the tablet. It's going away. People are not coming into your restaurant anymore. And obviously that was February. So we were all like, yeah, we know about COVID, but eh, we don't really, nobody's really caring yet. And then March came and then the whole world shut down and everybody was like so what deal did you make with the devil so what who are you talking to up there in the spirit world cuz i was like oh i didn't know it was coming now i thought it was coming in 5 years um and so we immediately went into i what i did was i um canceled all of my um uh like charges that I was charging people for consulting. And I just did it for that entire year for free because I saw, I mean, even in my shopping center, I saw restaurants start closing one by one. I saw that it was completely decimating our community. And I love Richmond, you know, Richmond is like the food capital, right? Like we have so much good food. And I started seeing, you know, ones that we've gone on dates at and it's like you go there and the doors are closed and it was so heart-wrenching. So I was like, look, I know how to do delivery at least, you know, so let me help you. And that was my goal to help as many people as possible. And I charged zero dollars for the entire year and I still don't, you know, so pretty much what I've done is help multiple restaurants survive COVID and get on delivery and start making money that way. And somehow Salima um, they, uh, is her name, she is the CEO of, of Kbox, and she started something like a virtual restaurant uh, business a couple of years back in the UK. And they were looking to break into the US market, they were doing their research, and they were going around. And, you know, they even looked at loco and saw that what, what we were doing there. And, you know, she approached me to have a conversation. And when she saw that, what I was doing, and it wasn't about, you know, making any money, it wasn't about you know, fielding some investors, it was really about helping the community. She loved that. And she wanted to, you know, help me kind of achieve a goal. And, and we created a partnership from there. I was more or less um, surprised because, you know, I am Richmond. You know, I wasn't born here, but I was raised here. This is my home. You know, I went to the Marine Corps straight out of college. I'm straight out of high school. I went to Virginia Tech for college. And then I was like, I don't want to do that. So then I went to Stratford. And I got my culinary degree right at Stratford, right on in Shropshire. Pump. And so, you know, when she's like, she has a team of, of uh, different chefs who worked with Gordon Ramsay, and they have Michelin stars. I was like, you sure it's me? Like, I just went to Stratford <laughs> down the road, you know, like, I don't know. I didn't, I haven't done a big, you know. Uh, chef stint in Dubai and all that craziness right so um, that's more or less what I was surprised at because also I'm pretty young in my entrepreneur career you know so you know to to, to me I was like it seems like a, a big jump but you know she believed in me and you know we're making this happen I love it
0: what is it like going to culinary school at Stratford? I've always wondered that building is big if there's a lot of people there, I realize this is probably not a question for I just want to know <laughs> How
3: it was great um unfortunately, it's closed down, but it was great um and I will say you know you you were probably you guys are probably actually eventually my entire class that we went and we uh excelled there and graduated together it does so much in oh, our community. in our community right now so who's your be, class uh so i'm sure you have i've heard of uh tynella um with the hooks lunchbox so she does i love, love ty hall yeah uh, so i try to keep up with her because she's a real superstar so i'm like i just try to you know keep behind her footsteps so i'm like all right we gotta can't make me look too bad now um, so and then even going to school with um Michelle Wilson, who owns my Michelle's. And that was surprising because before we really became close, I didn't know at the same time she was in school, she was opening her restaurant. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? How do you open a (laughs) restaurant and then go to school to be a chef at the same time? So She's such an inspiration to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just have so many people in our class that are doing so many big things. Um, But yeah, it, it was great. And it's funny because it's like, It's right down the road it's in our community it didn't cost that much right and all of our chefs were pretty much big time chefs who went to cia who traveled the world and things like that and they still do a lot of good things so i feel like i learned a lot from there (laughs) well those two
0: that you mentioned they're incredible they're great women man they do such Mm. good stuff for our community Scott has a little crush on Michelle, by the way. Um, <laughs> that that um, that was a fun interview during COVID. She she actually made me laugh so hard I cried, and then she made me cry. <laughs> like that was that is like the wraparound of our interview. That's kind of like her thing, though. She's a, she's just a solid human. Wow, that's so
1: yeah, cool. Yeah,
3: she is. She definitely is. One
1: second, Ruby we'll froze on You are good now. You're good now.
0: So I saw you guys at Crafted, yeah, two, three weeks ago, something like yeah. that. And I'm incredibly impressed with how you all, as busy as you are, where this a question is coming, support the local restaurant scene. So when yeah. I saw you at Crafted, one of you had a martini, the other one had a drink. I won't say which one or how it worked. And one of you, not the one that explained the virtual kitchen to us, was maining the delivery app.
2: <laughs> Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. do you mean this yeah. right here? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, that's what we do all the time. So, this is the real boss of that. I don't know how I survive without her.
2: So <laughs> daily, I... <laughs> You know, I, our prayers are to get through each day. The questions are, did anybody die? Is everyone fed? Can we account for all heads, right? Can, can we say everybody's present? So that night that you saw us, um, we hadn't been able to decompress. So what we try to do is go, and we love crafted. Um, we try to go to different, like you said, different restaurants, either order out, bring it home or seat, have a seat there. And we theorize, we meet up, we decompress, we talk about what's the next step, we work. Um, everyone talks about, we were at our third, our grandson's third birthday party on Saturday. And one of the uh, people came up, one of the family members and she's like, oh, there you are working again. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but um, I try to build that into our um every day, if at all possible, that we at least have meals together, um, even if it's on the go and still maintain our work ethic and our workflow. And we do it every day, seven days a week, um, Mm -hmm. 8 AM to 10 PM. And then it's still going, but it's a little different after those hours, right? Our phones are not ringing as much, but yeah, we dispatch, (laughs) while we try to live our life, <laughs> and we don't are you, are you it. doing
1: it right now by the way as we're interviewing yeah. you, or you that's why do. we're
3: doing that's why i, I look I'm away but we're on we're <laughs> always on dispatch you know we have orders going out and that's that's the cool thing about it is that you know we put in a lot of the work that maybe uh you would have to get you know a lot of funding to do and a lot of things and that's actually really the story of even rva cafe the owners they wanted the the previous owners, they, you know, were looking for somebody to buy it and they wanted to retire and go to Florida. And we were like, well, we don't have the money, but we have the work ethic and we're just going to put in the work. And that's, you know, they allowed us to do that. And, you know, we worked that, that payment off. I mean, now we're just doing that with Loco. We, sometimes we sign up a restaurant and we're like, Hey, don't say anything if you see us coming to actually be your driver <laughs> as well i know i'm the ceo and weird bosses and things like that but we have to get it done and you know the thing about that is Loco saves so much money for the restaurant industry. You know, it's millions of dollars that goes through delivery, um, the delivery industry, and it's just being sucked out of our community. So, the fact if we can just even capture a little bit of that and say, hey, let's keep it in our community so that the restaurants aren't paying this Silicon Valley, you know, big billion dollar industry, and all of those monies, the 30% of our revenue is just going away. You know, let's keep it circling within our own community.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned Loco a couple of times, uh, but I don't think we've actually addressed what exactly Loco is. So for the listener, can you explain what, when Loco was born, what it is, and what it's doing right now?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can handle that. So um, Loco came about, um, we started December 2020. Um, we had obviously been putting it in the works from August, but it launched with RVA Cafe, and Charles Kitchen, uh, December 2020. Um, and it was based on supporting the local business owner and not just restaurants, because we have Olive Oil Tap Room on there. We have um, Hillcrest Farms on there. We have River, C- River City Market. Um, we have Fort Point. We have so many, up over 30 something um, businesses on there. And it's important to provide the service. In local central Virginia, because when you go on these the three the B, the big three aggregators right Uber Eats DoorDash Grubhub you're lost. You know you're you don't you you see so many McDonald's so many you know so many other uh, restaurants and you have to search you have to type in the the name to find it right and they have it whereby if you have certain um, analytics like your numbers when your sales are high, you have great packaging, you have great um, timing for when the, the food is ready, when to dry, so many reasons why you start showing up at the top as you pop, as your app opens, right? But we don't have that. Everyone gets the same. We promote on our local um, group the same for each business. We try to get, you know, the restaurant owners to engage as well and promote it because the, the more connection you have, the more that it's understood that this is for our local businesses to thrive, to maintain, to stay alive, mm-hmm. you know, to see the next year and the next year. And that's where our goal was because we were that, that small business. And Daquan spent a lot of times working on those apps, learning their, because everybody has different dynamics. It's like Facebook versus Instagram, right? And I don't get into social media, but you know how all the stuff changes, how you can get in there, right? Well, he spent all these times on how to really get in touch with these three apps. And it just was only right. We had our own drivers at the time. We had at least 10 that were consistently rotating through delivering for us solely. And it was like, why can't we give this to other people? Um, so even like right now, we've even turned this twist for Loco differently. Right now I'm managing orders for Urban Hang Suite, right? So we're doing those big three deliveries for them right now. We've engaged and do that for them too, as well as Miss and. And when mom, when Michelle, my Michelle's open back up, we'll be doing that. And we do it um, for case and funnel cakes and charolinas. So we're providing that service onto the other um, businesses because. When you have more control, meaning more control on what catchment you want to deliver to, how much money you want to be receiving in, we have some restaurants on here that we've, we've created contracts with for DoorDash that pay a little, as little as 8% commission, right? Where if you go and open a restaurant, it's going to be 30 so we've created that relationship. Daquan, we sit down with the account managers and we do the best that we can. So Loco is not just, you know, just running on our um, engine of, you know, our delivery app, but we're also just trying to also help them maintain even on the other ones. Mm-hmm. So we've built those relationships to keep those numbers down for them because those, those three big aggregators aren't going anywhere. So So you guys are the
0: negotiator in some cases, you guys say, Hey, you're treating this restaurant incredibly poorly. How do you expect with their margins of 10% for us to, for them to pay you a margin of 30% on their delivery food? You go in and say, I'm not going to do that. They can either use our app solely and we'll deliver it and you just won't have their business or you can, we can partner and you can charge them less.
3: Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do. That's the best summary <laughs> that you could possibly get for it. Because, you know, a lot of restaurants don't know that you can decide to um, do self-delivery. You can opt in and say you're going to quote unquote do self-delivery for these apps. These apps are, again, marketing companies. Right. So they are they just want to market. They really don't want to deliver. So if you go in and say you go to, so for instance, Uber Eats, they charge you 30 percent. If you say. Hey, I'm going to do, I have my own delivery drivers and I'm going to do self-delivery. That percentage can go almost down to 10%. Um, But the.
0: Wow. That's a that, lot. Sorry. yeah, a lot. <laughs> That got me. Whoa. That's a lot.
1: Not everyone's yeah, going so to survive today, Nicole. Not everyone's going to survive No, I'm not going to survive.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> this
1: you know, head's going to be gone.
3: Perfect. That is the perfect thing that I say, like 20% is huge, right? You have so much money that's just being lost. And the thing about it is we now can provide a service to people that says, OK, you can opt in for self-delivery. I'll manage your account for you, so I'll do all the hard work for you and liaison and and you know, kind of go between them and uh, advocate for the restaurant, get them down to that lower percentage. And we can still use our local drivers to deliver those uh, orders for you. So you still don't have to worry about the delivery, but now we can kind of decide when we want to, how far we want to go, how much we want to charge for delivery, Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, that's that's the real cool thing about it. And even, you know, now we can even offer people to say, get on Loco, use Loco instead of these other apps. Because if you get on Loco, we can, hi, we're the owners. We can do all kinds of things with it. You know, it's not someone who is, separated from the community, we're right here in the community. So if there's things going on in the community, if a restaurant you know, has any issues and we can say, hey, we get on, we start promoting them and say, can we please, I go into RVA Dine um, Facebook group that's really, really good for helping local restaurants. And I'll say, hey, I'm going to subsidize free delivery for the next two weeks for this restaurant to help them you know, get back on their feet or to help them gain a little bit more traction. We can do that. And so and even on stuff on things like when we get into the community, we just did a fishing trip with um, Lachelle, who owns a few good routes. She has a nonprofit that takes, you know, men who are struggling with certain things in life, getting out of the hospital. We were able to fund um, a fishing trip and take them, you know, all paid from loco. And now we're going to actually have our delivery drivers deliver, you know, now we're coming into the Thanksgiving season. Some people, yes, a lot of people want to give free food and turkeys and different things like that, but they may not know where to go to get it, or they may not have the transportation to get it. Well, now we can help that process. Now we can help her and say, we're going to provide our delivery drivers for free to come and get your food and deliver it to those that you know, are in need. And so that's the power that I think, you know, us as a community, having the local restaurants, we are in control of it, we have it, and we get to benefit from the money that's being made from it.
1: It was mentioned earlier that your business sense came from your dad when you were a a young man. Can you talk about your father and and what you learned from him, what you guys did together?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So Maurice (laughs) is a very interesting character. So pretty much he had me reading uh, P&Ls before I knew how to do multiplication. So um, nevertheless, I was able to really get into the business world. He owns, as still does, a cleaning service. So um, if you've ever gone to any of the um, car dealerships down Melothian or the car dealerships on Broad Street and you bought a car probably between the, The uh, time of what 2000 and 2010 you probably saw me pushing a vacuum. (laughs) Um, So he's, he was really a pillar in my life. Um, For me, uh, my, my mom, my mom passed away at a really young age um so pretty much for a lot of my life it was just me and him um until my stepmother came around but he was very very instrumental he helped me uh, tremendously I know I wouldn't be here without him um I I would say I always tell him that he had it easy as a dad because I was a really good kid you know I I got like straight A's in school I skipped the 10th grade I was in the IB program and I don't even take that to heart I take it with a grain of salt because honestly school was just I just was blessed enough that school was easy for me <laughs> so because i was one of the. i tell my child all the time he's like i hate school i hate doing homework i'm like i get it because i was secretly one of the worst students i just could ace a test <laughs> so i just got to skate by right um but you know he really taught us um or taught me how to one i mean at the very core of it be a man you know have, have to step up and really take care of your bills first you know, investments, um, really taking the necessary steps to make a good business a good business. I I think the first time I saw my dad take off a day of work was when I graduated from Marine Corps boot camp. And even then, he was like, all right, thank you. You're, I'm so proud of you, and I got to get back on the road to go to work, <laughs> you know. Um, and, but he was very a uh, big uh, support in my life. Um, and he still is, he still comes and sometimes drives, you know, if it, there's orders that need to be taken, he takes time out of his day. He understands that this is a hard business to really, you know, maintain and to grow, especially, you, you know, coming, we're, we're in competition, be honest, we're in competition with big million, billion dollar businesses that we're like looking in the face, like David and Goliath, like, Hey, we're going to take you down here in Richmond, you know, and he helps that, you know, he gives me pointers all the time and he'll actually help him come drive.
1: Tell me about this uh, love at first sight at IHOP. Was it over pancakes?
3: <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> and I'm going to tell a story because Nicole always tells it wrong. She tries to keep out the, the other details that she doesn't like, right? But without embarrassing her too much, I was just sitting in IHOP with my uncle and she was off, and I think she was coming to pick up her check. And being the great server she she's is. She's giving you a big look kind of, behind your head, by the way. She's she's giving you a yeah, look right now. She is. So the great <laughs> server she version. is. Um we were kind of looking around, like, you know, kind of looking for our server. We were ready to order. And she stopped and she was like, Do you need any guys? Do you guys need any help? And I was like, uh, sure um but I, obviously she was in regular clothes so i was like i didn't think she was a server but she went and got our server and helped us and things like that but then she started talking and you know um saying oh she was from new york and people were like wow well, we were from new york as well and things like that and she invited us out right down the street to beach house, to beach house actually right there they have amazing fries i love their fries um and bad we, signal right <laughs> right <laughs> Um, And she invited us to Beach House and um, we went out and we connected there. Now, the little funny thing here is I'm not going to put exact ages out there, but I had to lie about my age at the time. I was 23. Nicole was not 23. And so I had to say, uh, when I started hearing her talk about kids and I think she said oh my son is 17 at the time I was like okay so I'm 27 28 I tried to add on a couple of years so I didn't you know completely kill the vibe right and um that wasn't enough of a lie I don't think because it really wasn't still (laughs) there but um later on that night now I'm not, I'm not the cool guy. I don't, I don't lie to females. I I don't have a lot of swagger. I'm a nerd. You know, I sit here and watch Harry Potter and play World of Warcraft. Like, so I don't have a lot of, uh, cool lines to do. But anyway, um, later that night, um, I was like, Hey, I apologize. I lied. I'm only 23. And she was like, I don't believe you. I need to see your ID. So, um, (laughs) I actually cooked for her. So I invited her to the house and I made my first dish for her that actually we still sometimes make for our catering orders. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and she was like, well, I don't care. And I was like, well, I don't care either. And he was like, we're gonna make this work. Um, and yeah, it's been uh, a, a love affair since since then. And I love it. I duly appreciate her. She, When I say she saved my entire life, she did. Um, I was in a, you know, not to really go into a somber tone, but I was in a really dark space. I, you know, had just come out of the Marine Corps. Um, I was actually injured and, um, you know, so I'm a a disabled veteran. Uh, You really wouldn't know unless I told you. So I'm more than thankful, you know, that God spared life on that end. Um, and I'm still able to function because I have friends that can't, you know, and I spent a lot of time in the VA hospital uh, with a lot of older vets, um, and, you know, she really um, refreshed my life. She really came and poured life back into me, and, um, you know, really kind of started encouraging me to go and find what I love to do, so that's actually what led me to be a chef. Um, I asked her I think we were on the way to the beach and she's like, no, what should I do? Bush Gardens. Oh, to Bush Gardens. And I was like, what should I do in my life? And she's like, do what you love. And, you know, she supported me the whole entire way. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, I, I love kidding. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was amazing. Now she's the real boss of the whole business. I just sit here and look pretty. You know, um, she does everything else.
0: <laughs> I love that. Wow, that's so great. I love a story that says, hey, um, you need to think about your future when you're four.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was when I was four. Hence, why I went to the Marine Corps, and that was easy for me, because I was like, oh, yeah, y'all didn't live with Maurice y'all whole life. This is is easy for me. Boot camp, I was like, oh, this is easy, breezy, (laughs) y'all. I've been doing this my whole life. But no, he's really you know, it's one thing I always tell like uh, young men around me, you know, because we obviously as, as, as young boys, you want to go and you want to have fun. You want to get the nice cars and nice shoes and you want to impress the girls. And, you know, one big thing he always taught me was anytime you want to spend unnecessary money and you want to take a girl on a date or things like that, you always double it and you say, okay, well, if the date costs $30 with this um, young lady, well, now the date costs sixty dollars because now you have to take that thirty dollars that you just spent and put another thirty dollars into your savings, and that's really what helped me. I it sounds really basic, but let me tell you, when when you're turning thirty and you realize you've saved all this money and you put it into investments and things like that, it, and you're now now you're grown and you have a family, you have kids, and you have mortgages, and you know now adulthood isn't so fun. <laughs> um, you know it, it really. It makes a difference, um, and that's just a, a big thing that I would lo- love to tell all kinds of, you know, young men and young young people in general. You know, take the time to really uh, figure out what you love first of all, because I'm so blessed that I get to be a chef. That's why I still wear a chef jacket, even though I don't get to be in the kitchen as much as I want to. But I love I love cooking. That's what I do for fun. When I'm upset, when I'm angry, when I'm mad you know, any kind of thing. It just suits me, but I've turned it into a business. So it's just like I get to make money doing what I love. It's kind of like cheating the system, right? I I, I love going to work, (laughs) you know, just put me in front of a hot stove and let me just go to work. (laughs) So great. So being
0: that you guys are so connected to, well, 30 some food businesses in Richmond plus more, um, Mm -hmm what are we missing? Tell me where we should be eating. Tell me what we're missing. Like t- t- I I need to know. And I know about Miss Girlies and I know about Mama Shell's and I know about Charles's Kitchen. Holy moly. I love Charles's Kitchen. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me what I'm missing.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, we're, it, I'll be honest with you. So it even taught us. And as yeah. much as we go out, we were like, you know, and then certain people started questioning us and saying, hey, can we join local? And I was like, yeah. And then we go, obviously we have to try their food. You know, we can't have them on our platform. And it's almost like I started local just to feed myself because we do a lot of ordering. <laughs> and then they're like, wait, why are you? Yes, this, don't worry about it. We're, we're ordering. It's just us. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. There's so many good options, but especially on our, I'll, I'll just start with just the very basics. River City Market they have really great um, produce that's coming from local farmers and fresh things there. And a lot of people don't realize that, that, you know, we have a lot of farms close to us, you know, a lot of local farms that a lot of people forgot that they're here. And a lot of people, you know, ignore that they've struggled with COVID as well. And she's a pillar in the community right there in Brooklyn Park. And, you know, you can go and get all kinds of things. And I, I, thoroughly suggest people to go there and, you know, support her because that helps a small business, you know, and nothing against Kroger or Line or Walmart. But they, they, they don't need all of our dollars. You know, she does, you know, and, you know, she has the same quality of food and, and quality of care. Um, another, uh, kind of hidden gem that I would say is uh, Bonnie Ronnie barbecue. They're right out on, um, mountain Mountain road. Road. Mm -hmm. And you know, there it's like in a little house. So you don't really know because it's like that little house right before you cross the train tracks. But it's a business right across from the post office. And you would just pass it, you wouldn't even know. And when I say I love hush puppies, they have really good hush puppies, really good barbecue. Um, I would say they're one of the hidden gems that's like right there, right behind people don't really know a lot about them, things like that. And even outside of the food, You know, I would say um, olive oil taproom. That's a really, really, when I say their olive oil is amazing. Like I still use it as a chef. I mean, it adds so much flavor to your different dishes and things like that. And granted, they're not a restaurant. And that's our thing. It's like we want to service whatever small business that needs delivery, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be a restaurant. And they were our first ones to believe in us and say, let's, you know, put our products. Oh, and it's all fresh you know olive oil that people can get and do whatever they want with it um and even across street from front porch um cafe uh, oh pound yeah cake pound is cake so is a great yeah yeah <laughs> but did so you, you he- hear that yeah yeah <laughs>
0: cake, got pound cake love it yeah um, frozen again. Have- <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> but they have sandwiches and stuff um that that are good as well we, we purchased it i mean we the, the thing about it is is that there's so much enrichment um and so we don't have you know a lot of them we're still working so we did it different we didn't go for the for the ones that we know that everybody's like flocking at we 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 strategically kind of mm-hmm. built our restaurant list Chef did. I didn't. Um, I just do what I'm told, and um, I don't believe that for so- a second. That's I, I
3: don't exactly. Don't let her. Don't <laughs> let her convince you, otherwise.
2: But you know, so we don't have. You know, I. There's so much on there that even I still find. Um, here in things. Richmond different things you know now we're popping with these cafes and the coffee places the espresso places the baristas mm-hmm. and I'm loving that you yeah. know Um, if I can Blanchard's they see me <laughs> every day um, Gun Cotton I'm trying to get down there we're trying so we're, we're going to eventually bridge off to these places but there are some um, uh, restaurant owners that don't necessarily always want all of their food delivered, so that's the other piece that we've gotta that we've had uh, come across and had to overcome too. Yeah. So where's
0: working happy
2: hour tonight?
0: <laughs>
2: um, we're going to see our son away at school, so we're going to <laughs> parent teachers after we leave here, and he wants lunch, so we're going to be in Waynesboro. If you yeah. can join us up there. <laughs>
1: I had yeah, a journey
2: man. for happy hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah. actually actually there's a restaurant up there and i mean if we could really get drivers all over we go to this one place called the river mm-hmm. we love that place yeah
3: that's crazy. where we if go you ever, every time if you're ever in waynesburg go try that but you know it, 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 and again even going back to your original question I, I would also say we have food trucks on there and that's the cool thing about it is that people don't realize that the next thing is these other apps, they don't allow food trucks to get on the app. We do because we have such a um, pinpoint care on things. So we can we can keep up with, hey, food truck's here today and food truck's there tomorrow. We can help with that. So we have Ty Hook's Lunchbox on there. Um, and then we also, I think, have Mobile Yum Yum, which is like a really, really good um, Caribbean, Caribbean food truck on there. So we're actually looking for food trucks as well, because sometimes, you know, maybe especially going into this season where it's getting cold. Sometimes the, the business kind of slows up just a little bit and the delivery can help with that. So maybe you have your favorite food truck that you saw out at a brewery. And you're like, I don't really know where they're at or they, you know, they may be too far and you get them delivered as well. There it is. That's what I want, Scott. I need my favorite food truck
0: delivered to me this evening. You're listening to Eat It, Virginia with Scott, Roby, and Daquan, and Nicole of Loco and RBA Cafe.
3: Mm -hmm. And K-Box.
0: And K-Box!
3: Yes!
1: All right, now we've listened to the interview, Roby. Do you have a better understanding about, about what they're doing in town? No. Come on.
0: But it doesn't mean anything. It's I'm the
1: not the one doing food. it. I think it's, it's future, going to be great. It's the future of food and restaurants. Basically, you pick up your phone, you want to order an absurd bird. You know, you want to order a chicken sandwich. You type the chicken sandwich in your phone. It says, look at this great chicken sandwich. You order it. You don't know where it's coming from. It's coming from Chef TQ. That's,
0: where, that's the bottom line. You're right. If it's good food, I'll order it, if it's from a virtual restaurant or not. So there you go. And
1: how lovely That's- was their love story uh, culminating or beginning at IHOP? I mean, I could feel the, the tears welling up in my eyes when they were talking about, about their meeting. And how love a pancake saved,
0: romance. How
1: he saved her and how she saved him. I mean, that was so beautiful. Yep. yep. Wow.
0: Such, such yeah. a good story over syrup. We have such good people in our community, don't we? We we really do. Speaking of that, Scott, um, another thing. Actually, the last time I saw you was in that gorgeous patio setting
1: at Bookbinders. Bookbinders down in Tobacco Row. Yes. We did did a- you
0: did you listen to that interview back? It's really good. Yes, I did. <laughs> what,
1: what did you like? What did you, wow. Okay. What did you like about it so much?
0: I just thought that that whole conversation obviously opened a lot of um, other conversations that could be had later on at Woke. But Sub is who we interviewed live, which is always a tough thing. Lots of preparation on everybody's part. Um, I just think that they have some real valid and interesting things going on there in the whole bread, baking, milling world that is Sub Rosa Restaurant in Churchill.
1: I loved it when he talked about the history of the grain and why they had to get it from the midwest instead of in virginia and got into the slavery and the history and stuff that we don't normally touch on on this particular podcast but stuff
0: that is i would love to learn more about i agree i i I think that leaning in to how bad that situation is is a better it was exactly what he did and it's just the it was a wonderful way to talk about what we could or what everyone could to do to be more cognizant of the background of bread. Loved it.
1: It was so good seeing you too. And some of our past guests were there in the audience. All your crushes. Live. You always say All that. your crushes. One day, my Lord, <laughs> my Lord. No, but it was so nice to see everybody face to face because it's been so it, it was sort of like, you know, uh, when you're in college or if you go to camp and you've been you're gone for the summer, you come back to school and you haven't seen any people but in a while, but then you kind of just fall right back into the way things were. That's how, sort of how it felt. It's like, I haven't seen these people in months or a year. Years, yeah. yeah. it felt like it. But when you see them, it just you just fall right back in. It's such a beautiful thing.
0: I agree, I agree. You know, there's a couple other individuals that we had interviewed, but never met. So we had the um, Libby Lewis there, you know, super fun. So yeah, it's very cool stuff.
1: Have you seen some of the people who are experiencing Richmond's restaurant dining
0: scene recently? Some of the famous faces around town? You're getting ready to get into your favorite portion of this whole podcast situation that we do. Tell me about who has been around town, Scott. Old news guy. Yeah, so as,
1: as some of you might know, my my other job is, is running the website and social media for CBS 6 News here in Richmond. I I just want you to know that he
0: downplays this constantly. Emmy award-winning Scott Wise, who runs, runs, guys, runs the whole thing over there at CBS 6, internet-wise. That is his other job.
1: (laughs) I love looking for stories that are going to be widely shared, widely clicked, of high interest, right? So celebrities in town are kind of always that. So when our friends over at the lily pad posted on their Instagram story, which was like, you know, it's fleeting. It's there for 24 <laughs> hours and it goes away. A Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mr. Trainspotting, Ewan McGregor is dining at the lily pad. I immediately send them a, a DM. Said, Matt, Max, a DM, can I have these pictures? Give me details, what's going on? <laughs> and of course, you know, of course he does. He sends me four or five or six pictures that he never even posted on his social media plus some details about Ewan McGregor's visit with his, uh, I forget if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but another actress, they have a child together. And that story of all the things happening in the world, that story was the number one story for the entire month on Channel 6's website.
0: Well, Ewan McGregor's a
1: cool dude. Until, oh, oh! until... <laughs> I, got, I saw another picture on social media of Ethan Hawke and his daughter, who is on Stranger Things, Maya, oh. Uma Thurman's mm-hmm. daughter, Ethan Hawke's daughter, yep. uh, visiting Cole's Courthouse Grill in Charles City County. Isn't that awesome? I called Cullen. Who is Cole. So I called Cullen, who owns the restaurant with his family, and asked, what the heck's going on? And he gave me the most incredible quotes. He told me that he saw these two people coming into his restaurant. Have you, have you seen the picture of Ethan Hawke and Maya yet? Yes, he was tingling. He was tingling. He saw these people come in and they're dressed like movie stars. I mean, they're dressed like Hollywood movie stars, just trendy looking. And they had masks on. He didn't recognize them. He gives them menus, greets the table. They take their masks off and he freaks out. He's, like, <laughs> he's Ethan Hawke's age. Like he grew up with Ethan Hawke you know, in the movies and whatever. Like, he said he was tingling, he could barely speak, and it was just, he said it was incredible to have them in the restaurant. And Ethan and Maya were super nice. And I've since gotten emails from viewers who have said, oh, we've seen them here, we've seen them there. You know, they're really nice. So both of those actors are in town filming the same movie called, it's either Ray and Raymond or Raymond and Ray, but it's filming now in, t- in Central Virginia. So
0: if you see Ewan McGregor or Ethan Hawk around town, it's probably them. <laughs> it's definitely them. So I. This is gonna be like just an interesting for me. I have never been to Colts in Charles City. So my question is how they learn about the restaurants they go to. That is a great question. So
1: I have a partial answer for you. Uh, I asked Max that same question because remember Michael Keaton used to eat there all the time when Michael Keaton was in town filming Dope Sick. And he told me that Michael Keaton, he didn't want to be, I mean, bothered isn't the right word because he shouldn't be bothering people. So he didn't want to be approached, I guess, Michael Keaton. He would rather just kind of be in the background, whereas Ewan McGregor was more jovial and, and posing for pictures and whatnot. Um, when he asked Ewan McGregor that same question, Ewan replied, I just heard that this was the place to be. Maybe the Interesting. Virginia, Maybe the Virginia film office told him about it. I don't know when Cullen asked Ethan Hawke that question, or maybe he didn't, maybe he just knew that they were filming around in Charles city. So it might've been just the the closest coolest place to be for Ethan and Mike, a place to go in and get a quick bite. Although Cullen told me they loaded their table up with food. So I don't know how quick that bite was.
0: Well, Ethan or Evan or Maya or anybody, surely you're listening to us. So if you want to tell us how you learn about these things, you can find us over at Eat at Virginia on Instagram, or you can send us a message at Virginia at gmail.com.
1: And be sure to wish Roby a happy birthday. Roby, the queen of the podcast.
0: Yeah. I bow uh-huh. to your, I vow to your <laughs> greatness. <laughs> All right, All bye. Everybody, everybody
2: at home what's <laughs> <let's> along. <stay> <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 do,
0: no, That stops. That stops here.
1: This episode of Eat it Virginia. For-
3: Eat It, Virginia? (laughs) Really? This episode of Eat It, (laughs) Virginia? No! Oh, God, no.